that would have affected me. That would have affected my self-esteem. If my mom had been there at that wedding and showed her ass. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, for another season of 10 presented by Melling Media and hosted by yours truly, Tina. This podcast is about you and everything around you. And in line with that, this week, we've invited a very special guest to discuss self-esteem. Special guest, introduce yourself, please. Super Booker T. Hyphen Ertle. Yes. Been knowing Tina for about a good 20. So we actually <laughs> really granted. We're going to talk about some self-esteem and my background is basically, you know, just being me. Like there's not another book that you guys know. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. Like you have to, you have to be an entity. So grew up kind of rough, but figured it out. Okay. Uh, you tell them about your podcast real quick. Okay. Well, we got one that's called the Patcast. It's with me and Money Q and M Dodo. Um, Three of us been knowing each other as long as I've been knowing you. We we get together every every week and we got about 40 some odd episodes in and we just doing what we can do. You know what I'm saying? Like the podcast is is real. It's it, it like it's it's not for the faint at heart. If you got you got all those opinions in you that you want somebody to up to do something, say something, probably ain't for you. But it is spiritual. It's spiritual for you because you got three different opinions, three different points of view. Mm-hmm. That gives you that gives you more than just one person saying something and, and, and somebody be like, oh, I don't like what he said. Well, you ain't got to like what he said because probably one of the other people in the room ain't going to like what he said either. Right. <laughs> That's the podcast. You want to drop your website? We got the podcast2020.com. So you can go to iTunes, you can go to Spotify, you, you can look us up anywhere, but patcast2020.com is the website. Okay, cool. Well, help us get to know Super Booker T hyphen Ertle a little more. Tell us something about you other than work. How do you spend most of your time? Typically, you know, of course, work. Um, but after that, it's, it's, it's family-based. Like, I, I, I do comedy at night. I've been doing comedy for 24 years professionally. I take care of my kids, my family. I try to take care of myself. Like I usually put myself last because I'm so I'm so interested in taking care of everybody else. So it's more of me just making sure that my home is secure. So like I spent I spend time playing chess with my son. Mm-hmm. I spend time playing checkers and dominoes, and he's a beast at dominoes. I don't know if you noticed or not. <laughs> oh man, I didn't he didn't he didn't beat me. I, you know you know how you know how it affects your self esteem. When you're, <laughs> you just want to kick him in his chest. Oh. That's what you want to do, but you don't do it. You say, good job, son. You learn. <laughs> so most of my, most of my outside of work time is typically taken up by my hobby, which is comedy and my family. And that's pretty much what I do. Okay. Sounds like a nice, simple, but fulfilling life. I dig it. I mean, you got to do what you love, right? Mm-hmm. I love working hard. And I love making people laugh. There you go. All right, so let's just get right into it. In your own words, like, what does self-esteem mean to you? Like, when you hear that phrase, um, self-esteem is just what you what it what it sounds like. Some things are just what it sounds like. It's mm-hmm. self-esteem. Like, it is how you feel about you. It's not about what the world thinks. It's not whether you got on a pair of $100, $200 Jordans. It is about you. 
how do you feel about me? That's what I think self-esteem really means. I think you're 100% spot on with that. I completely agree. It is, like you said, self and how, how you measure your own worth and whatever you base that on, I guess. I mean, it can change throughout a lifetime. It can change. I mean, I'd be 42 years old having two careers and a family and a house and a wife, you know. But after everything I went through, that my, like, I took my time to say, okay, you know what? I'm angry about what happened. I wish my parents, I wish my parents, every kid says this. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, when I look back on it, I used what happened that was bad for me as fuel to drive me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like your self-esteem can be affected by other people. That's true. But it's up to you because it's called self-esteem on how much you go. So in my my opinion, I think that I can understand somebody who has low self-esteem because I've had it before. And I think that when when you talk about self-esteem, it is a situation of personal looking outward, not personal taking in. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I was looking outward when I was young, I was like, okay, the world don't care about me. I'm, I'm a black dude. The cops going to kill me. Anything I was feeling at that time. You know, my dad going to beat me. My mom, my mom going to beat me. You know, whatever the case may be. But once I started growing up and I started taking over that self-esteem and stopped letting other people dictate my self-esteem, that's when I started getting better. I went to school, went to Marion College for psychology because I couldn't understand why my parents wouldn't be in the parents that I thought they should be. Mm-hmm. What I figured out was you can't change nobody. Ain't that the truth? So once I figured that out at 18 years old, I figured that out. I said, you know what? Now I just need to be me. If people like me, they like me. If people don't, they don't. Every room you go into, you're going to find somebody who don't like you. That's the truth. But you do not let them affect your self-esteem. You don't let them change you. You don't have to go into a room and try to be a chameleon. If you, right. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you don't do that. That's 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 not you. That's you being somebody else at that time. And so then what is that even worth to you really anyway, that you got somebody to like some rendition of yourself that you presented to them? Like, so what? And, and I think that's my big point is that I know I can be loud or I can be annoying or I can get on people's nerves, but find me somebody who can't do that. See, that's my big thing about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. If you find somebody who can't do anything that anyone else on this planet can do, then you're special because I see it as simple as this. Either everybody's some shit or ain't nobody shit. I don't get the <laughs> truth. If you look at me and you say, Terrell, you ain't shit. Well, I guess ain't nobody shit then. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's self-esteem is one of those things. It, when you when you really break it down and look at it, you have to look at it from your viewpoint out. You cannot let people put their viewpoint in you. That's too many anyway. Like that's that way that's trying to satisfy way too many tastes when all you have to do is try to satisfy one. Like yes. this this is speaking to my soul just the laziness in it. Like all I have to do is worry about me. Perfect. Sign me up. And that's what I that's what I've been on. For real. Like I'm not gonna waste my time letting people tell me who I who I should be or what I am. I'm not gonna do and I think everybody goes through that phase 
where people are just telling you, oh, well, you shouldn't do this, or you should act like this, or you shouldn't say that. So I believe in me enough to know that I can do what I can do. If I can be a two-time world champion in comedy and the improv hall of fame, if I can work on cars for 20, 21 years, I've been to college five times, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be here, but I am. And all the stuff that tried to make me have bad self-esteem, I just flipped it. That's all I did. I said, you know what? If people are going to do this anyways, might as well just be who I am. Okay, so what about the line between high or healthy self-esteem and being a vain or conceited person? Like, where are we drawing a line here? Okay, so I there's a different conceited or, or, or um, conceited and arrogant and being confident. Mm-hmm. I, if you're conceited or you're arrogant, then that's one thing. But if you have complete trust in yourself and you're just confident in you, I think that's, I think that's the line. Because I know I, 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 I fuck up all the time. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Hmm. Perfect. I ain't gonna act like I am and I don't tell nobody on this planet that I'm perfect. Because I'm not. Mm-hmm. There's only one entity that's, per- that, that's perfect. But that entity is not Super Booker T. I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that there's the line between that is being cocky or arrogant and confident. I'm confident in myself. I'm confident that I've worked hard, that I've earned what I've earned. I'm confident that the person that I am is providing happiness for other people. I'm confident in the fact that am I perfect? No. Do I mess up? all the time, but I know who I am. That's the thing about self-confidence. Like you have to know you. If you can't look in that mirror and tell yourself who you are and believe it and know it to be true, your self-confidence is down the toilet. Mm-hmm. So that line, now just being a like a one-upper, you know, you know one-uppers, don't you? Yes. No matter what you say, oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. Everybody got baggage, but ain't everybody been through the same shit. (laughs) So I think that's the line that you're asking me about. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's um, taking the focus off of self. I mean, we're talking about self-esteem. I think when you take the focus off of yourself and your confidence in yourself, is rooted in some type of comparison of yourself to somebody else or downing somebody else. Or I think that's where I would draw the line as far as um, healthy self-esteem and vanity, conceit or whatever, because you need some kind of measuring stick versus it's just because it's me, you know? I feel you on that. And I'll I'll say exactly what you said in a different way. Okay. In Hype Nerdle's way. Everybody <laughs> something negative about your ass. How many people walking around telling you something positive about yourself? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this world is now gotten to a point to where, like, you know, when we were younger and we were in high school, it was like, our parents were like, you don't know what it was like when I was young. Okay, now we're in that. We're in that now. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And now it's cancer culture. So if you say something wrong, you get canceled. Yeah. (laughs) 
gotten worse from when we were in high school to now. And that's what I've realized is that when it comes down to it, I'm not, I don't have many people in my life that's saying, daddy, good job. Terrell, good job. Hyphenertle, good job. Like, I, I, you don't hear that very often. Not from work, not from school, not, not from friends, not your kids. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that all the time. What you hear is, is what you're doing wrong. Yeah. It's easier for people to tell you what you're, what you're fucking up on than to tell you that you did a good job. So now I just don't listen to anybody who, who has something negative to say about me. If you got something negative to say about me, say it in your brain. Don't tell me personally because I don't want to hear it. Because what that does is it takes down your self-esteem. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'll take your self-esteem down to the, to the sewers. If you continue to listen to everybody bitch and gripe and come at you, telling you you were never wrong, you did this wrong, you should have done it this way, why did you do it the way I wanted you to? Like, everybody gonna fuck up. Yeah. So I don't see what the point is and everybody believing in what everybody else says when everybody fucks up. Jesus gave us choice. I could kill somebody if I wanted to. I ain't gonna do it. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's because I believe in not killing people. That's myself. That's part of my self-esteem. Unless right. to a, a position so whereas it's me or them or mm-hmm. it's kids or them my wife or them my friends or them it could be a stranger or them i'm gonna take your ass out but i'm not looking forward to it right i think you see this the same way i do you said that um that um high self-esteem was something that did not come naturally to you and that you had to work at it um, talk to us a little bit about um, the hyphen Ertle in his school days, like childhood. Childhood was kind of rough, to be honest about it. You know what I mean? It, 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 like I said, I was raped by two people in my family. I'm not going to put oh, it like that, but they were close. I was, uh, I think it started when I was like five or six years old. And these are, these are, and see, and this is a thing that, that, that affects your self esteem. It's the people that's closest to you that can hurt you the worst. Mm-hmm. and that's what happened it was the people that was closest to me that hurt me the worst when I was little like even to this day right now I do not like to sleep with my bedroom door open because back in the day I'd hear eh, and I knew what was coming something I didn't mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying yeah and as a matter of fact I will say it it was my dad and my sister that's who did it and when it comes down to it it affects it. It affected me so bad that I literally thought it was cool just to have sex with anybody, not 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 just a, a random girl in the street, but my cousin. Mm. I thought that was cool. I thought that was how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I was taught that in the wrong way. Nothing happened, but still, I still thought it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just like growing up was so bad, like. My sister was murdered by my brother's girlfriend's family four days before my birthday. Fuck. And that, that, that tore my ass up. Self-esteem way down the drain because the same sister who got murdered was the same one that raped me. Oh, my God. But she also was the same one that would take me in the bathroom, sit me down, she'd sit on, on, on the tub, and I'd sit on the toilet, and she'd say, what's wrong with you? What's going on? It's like, she cared about me. Mm-hmm. so in respect for her because I have so much self-esteem she has four kids I've taken care of those four kids 
ever since I've known them. I was an uncle at the age of, my sister was murdered when I was a freshman in high school. I was in football conditioning. My mom comes up there. She's like, oh, your sister, your sister, your sister. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, your sister died. And my mom, she was kind of, she, she, well, she still kind of plays those little games. And I'm like, I, I, I don't play with death like that. So when, right. uh, on August the 12th, 1994, when she picked me up, I thought she was taking me to the fair because my brother's birthday is on August 10th. My birthday is August 16th. I thought she was trying to get me out of football so we could go to the fair. Nope. Mm -hmm. My sister died at my grandmother's, uh, on my grandmother's street, four houses down from my grandmother. We lived in Speedway and we didn't even find out she, she died to the next day. And that still affects me to this day. Like my birthday just passed, August 16th. It just went by. And let me tell you, on August 12th, I don't say nothing to nobody because it still affects my self-esteem. Because mm -hmm. I already know if you cross me on that day, I don't know how I'm going to cross you back. So I just, don't I just don't deal with nobody that day. Yeah. But it affects me, even though I, I have good self-esteem, self it, 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 it's, it's a matter of when it comes down to it, this day is not good for me in any year since 1994. I know I'm going to react and probably not in a good way. So you think prior to your sister passing, you had good self-esteem? No, I had, no, no, no. I thought I was a pawn. See, we, we talking about a game of chess here. Okay. This, this thing called life is a game of chess. I did not have good self-esteem after that or before that. Now, after that is when I started building it is what I'll tell you. Okay. That's when I started looking into myself and saying, okay, that's my mom. That's my dad. That's my sister. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my sister. What am I is where I got to it. What am I? Because currently my brother don't work. My older sister that's still living. She don't work. My little sister, she don't work. My oldest sister, she's in, she's, she's gone. Rest in peace. I love you. But then there's me. So I decided to say, I'm going to do what we talked about earlier, and I'm going to change the circle. I'm going to drive. To, like, the only happy times I had in my household was when I was telling jokes or dancing like James Brown or doing Michael Jackson <laughs> Hammer. Once I figured out I can make that family happy and laugh, <laughs> and we can forget the bad for a moment. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm leaving here? That's how. <laughs> I wanted to be a comedian. So it's, it's like, it's crazy how all the bad led me here. So my self-esteem got built up over the years of watching and going through all the bad. Not saying that everybody should go through the bad, but I'm telling you, if you don't bump your head once or twice, you're going to be naive. So those bumps that I went through, I don't mind telling nobody about them because that's not who I am anymore. Now I'm super Booker T. Hyphen Erdogan. I'm not, I'm not just Terrell and Ben playing the trombone a couple chairs down from Tina. <laughs> I don't even know how to play the damn trombone, and you know that. <laughs> I, had to figure them, I, was, I was straight up, uh, what, what was uh, Nick Cannon's movie? Uh, come on, Drumline. It was Drumline. <laughs> I was reading, I'm like, what the fuck? Let me look at what he's doing with his trombone. <laughs> but hey, I had, I had to make a choice. But life ain't easy. People keep thinking that life is supposed to just happen. No, it don't just happen. You have to make it happen. And if you don't have good enough self-esteem in yourself, in yourself, one more time, in yourself, you ain't gonna make it happen. So is this um, like 
this type of messages you give to your children. The super high, Booker hyphen T Ertle is a fucking dad. He told you he's a family man. So is this a part of your um, child rearing? Okay, so my older sister had a kid when I was 10 years old. So when she had her son, no, no, no. My sister Felicia had a baby first. She had, she had my niece. And then my nephew was born a year later. But when I when that happened, I was still living in my parents' house and my nephew was sleeping in the bed with pretty much his parent. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My sister, she stayed with my grandmother. So my grandmother got two kids and then my mama got two kids. That's the four kids. Anthony Jasmine, um, Robert and um and um and um Kanisha. So they were all split up because my mom didn't keep my sister. My sister ended up staying with my with my grandmother. So he was he was in my room. So I've been raising kids since I was 10. So what I teach my kids is, is that if you want something, this is what my daddy told me. He said, if you want something, boy, you better get your ass out there and get it. If you go into the mall and you see a shirt and you don't buy that shirt, you better figure out how you're going to get it. Because if you go back, it ain't going to be there. So he was like, if you got to steal it, work hard for it, earn it, whatever the case may be. So really, when it comes down to the kid part of it, it kind of takes me back to my childhood before I start talking about my kids. My childhood was so bad that I looked at it like, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to learn something here. So I need to go and learn it. That's why I went to school for psychology. So my dad, his work ethic, he's only had two jobs since I've known him. He's retired now. He worked at a place called GM Wallace, which was a factory, a plant. And then he worked at um, Mike Sales Potato Chips, which is a factory, a plant. And he, t- he showed me my work ethic. My mom, she gave me this mouthpiece. If it wasn't like if like if it wasn't for the both of them coming together and fuck it up, to be honest, in my opinion, I wouldn't be who I am. So when I send it down to my kids, so like I got a 14-year-old daughter and I got a 10-year-old son. The 14-year-old daughter, she about to turn 15. She's a freshman and she wants to do what she wants to do. I'm not with their mother. I'm not with the mother of my children. I am married, but I'm not with their mother. And uh their mother, she wants to be their friend. And that's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Raise your kids however you want to raise them. But I'm not going to be that. I'm not your friend. I'm not your contemporary. I'm not your <laughs> I'm your damn daddy. And when I say make your bed, you better make your bed. And it's not because I put them through what I went through and beat them. You know how I taught my daughter how to make a bed? Ask me. Ask me. How? Naturalistas. Keep your hair and scalp hydrated and your twist outs and curls popping with Seika Naturals handmade natural hair care products. Seika Naturals targets damaged and dry hair with our intense hydration collection that keeps your scalp moisturized and hydrated with peppermint infusions and all natural oils and butters. Our products are available at www.seikanaturals.com. But wait, fellas, we didn't forget about you. Shop our Chaz Tees premium beard grooming products that promotes healthy, flourishing beards. Also available at seikanaturals.com. I took her bed apart. I took her her uh, box spring, put it in the basement. Took her, uh, <laughs> I took her mattress, put it in the living room. I took all her little unicorns and all of her bed sheets and stuff and separated it around the house. I said, "Now you can play a game. You can play hide go seek. Go find your bed, and when you find it, make it." Oh well, Daddy, I can't get the I can't get the mattress up the stairs. Well, you better figure it out 
because I'm not doing anything else. I took it apart. See, I stayed at home with my kids for a year. I stayed at home with Ava for a year, and I stayed at home with Dean for a year because I wanted to put in the time my parents never put into me mm-hmm. to build up their self-esteem. Right now, the little girl, she on her own right now. And you want to know why she on her own? She's standing in her mama's house right now. Want to know why? Because she wants to go out, party, and play. If you want to bump your head, bump your head. That's all it is to it, because life's going to do it to you anyways. Mm. So I teach my kids like this. Like my daughter said to me, oh, well, you know, I want to play volleyball. I said, okay. She said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do my best. Okay. Well, I coached her soccer team for seven years. So I know my daughter especially when she wants to play a sport or do something like that. If she wants to do it, I know she can do it. If she wanted to kill somebody at 14, she could. <laughs> like, I'm keeping it real, though. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, she don't, she don't like me because I'm a parent. I have responsibilities. I have rules. Right. And if that's all it is, that ain't nothing but what I call uh, the Aussie effect. That means I'm throwing out a boomerang, and it'll come back. I'm not, I'm not going to waste time trying to tell her, oh, well, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, no. You want to take time away from me to go to a party. Enjoy. See how that works out for you. So when you come to me and say, oh, well, daddy, I'm on the volleyball team and um, I only got to pass five of my classes out of seven, I'm going to say to you, I don't believe in that. I know you can do better than that. Why are you cutting you short? Why are you taking your self-esteem and cutting you short? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to my kids, like my son, my son, he's been over here for the past month. Like, I, would, I just want to hang out with you, daddy, because I'm not a mean person. I have rules. If you make a mess, you clean it up. See, the family ties that my family actually did teach me as far as being loyal to the family, taking care of the family, doing what you got to do, that stuff is strong. How they did it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I teach that to my kids. It's like right now, my daughter wants to stay at her mom's because she can stay out till midnight and all this stuff, but you're still failing your classes. Mm. So in my brain, I'm thinking like this. In my brain, you ain't trying as hard as you can. Right. You're looking at me and saying that I'm being too hard on you. And I'm not when I know you're a straight A student. You're in you're in like the the, uh, the elevated classes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh, what was the classes that was called at, at, at Northwest? Um, AP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she is, she is so brilliant, but she's, she's relying on partying and having fun and going out. That's not me. I'm a hard worker. That's what I do. I do. I have to get it done. Period. So for my kids, it's like my son is understanding why I do what I do a lot more than my daughter is. Because my daughter just wants to go and rip and run the streets and have fun with her friends. (laughs) I mean, I get it. I know she's 14, about to be 15. Mm -hmm. And I hang out with her friends and stuff like that. But you need to make sure you have your your priorities straight. Yeah. You don't have your priorities straight. That'll that'll affect your self-esteem all the way. Yep. Because then you're guessing and trying to figure out if you can pay bills, if you can get where you need to be. Like, you have to have that stuff in order. You have to have that stuff in check. 100%. Like, my mom, she never really worked. Like, I've only I've only known her to have two jobs, and I've only known her to have those for a year or two. My dad, I've never known him not to work till he retired, and he only had two jobs. Damn. Those are two strong extremes. I know. That's the, I think that's how I got I truly do believe 
that I have half of my mama and half of my daddy in me. My work ethic, my drive, my self-esteem comes from my dad. But my, my willingness to get on the stage, tell jokes, make people happy, and my other part of my self-esteem comes from my mom. You see what I'm saying? I do. She taught me a lot. Even though I don't, res- I, I, I don't respect the way they did it, but they taught me a whole lot. And I think that's the reason why we have a hyphen hurdle today. Okay. Silver linings. I mean, yeah. And, and, and the crazy part is, here's the crazy part. Even though I got the negative take on my family and like I, I don't deal with them like that, I'm still trying to grow. So I've had my mom and my dad at my house, which I, they weren't in my wedding. I can tell you that right now. But I'm, I'm trying to grow. So in order for me to do that, I have to accept some things that I might not want to accept. And me not having I actually didn't mind it too much because I didn't want them to make it about them. Mm-hmm. Ever married before. And I didn't want them to take my, I didn't want them to take and make it all about them. That's the reason why I wouldn't. Nobody at my wedding except my auntie, my little cousin, and one of my other cousins. Those are the only people in my in my DNA pool. But Damn. after that, for steam, part of that, I kind of regret it. You see what I'm saying? Why? My mom came to me and she was like, I feel real bad. You didn't invite me to the wedding. You didn't invite us, you know. But I, I there it, it's it's tricky because when my mom says stuff to me like that, I'm like, okay, I wonder what you really would have did. Would you really would have set your ass down and shut the fuck up and let my day happen? Or would you have been the person I've been growing up with? So I didn't chance it. But that thought is still in there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. And I didn't want to chance it. Like, I was getting married. I didn't want to chance it. Right. I mean, all the time, energy, money that people put into a fucking wedding, I wouldn't want anything, you know, like any type of anything just like hanging you know like a loose string that can fuck up my day like I, that would be really piss me off it's supposed to be like super memorable and it takes a lot to pull one off like i would be pissed i mean after spending thousand dollars for a wedding i wouldn't yeah. do that. i wouldn't really walk into a, a, a bombshell right i wasn't gonna do it yeah i don't blame you at so, all i'm still on the fence of my side where I'm like, I'm glad I didn't do it because I don't know what would have happened if I did. Mm-hmm. And again, that would have affected me. That would have affected my self-esteem. If my mom had been there at that wedding and showed her ass in front of all these people, yeah, like 250, 300 people at, at, our, at our wedding. And after me seeing, and, and this is the thing that people need to realize, once you see something and you see it again, and you see it again, and you see it again, dude, that's just who that person is. You have to accept that. If I came to your crib and every time I walked in the door, you hit me, how many times do you think I'm going to come back over there? <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> so people have to understand in order to, in order to have self-esteem, it doesn't matter whether it's your kids, your parents, your wife, you, you have to look at yourself and build self-esteem. Like when I look in the mirror, I know I ain't perfect. I know, I know I got cavities. You know what I mean? I know, I know, I know I can get my hair did every once in a while when it's getting messed up. You know what I'm saying? I know I walk around in my work pants more than regular pants. But that's me. Yeah. So it's self-esteem is about accepting yourself. And I can't change nothing that happened in the past. I was a kid. I didn't have no control over it. But now I do. 
breaking so the chains. What'd you say? I said breaking the chains. I cannot let my kids grow up like I grew up. Yeah. And I'm just so, speaking of the kids again, because I I wanted to make sure that I um got on this subject, especially with like, you know, so many people raising biracial kids these days. So I wanted to make a point of um, talking about this particular subject. How how is it navigating parenting biracial children with a step parent, and then neither of you being biracial, and so you can't really you know know exactly their lived experience because you haven't lived it. But I, I'm I'm curious to know how navigating under these circumstances is, you know, I don't know, like what's working for you? What do you find that works for you? What have you found that doesn't work for you while trying to raise biracial kids with a stepmom and do it with instilling healthy self-esteem? Um, it's, it's not easy. I'll tell you that right now, because Let's not talk about their stepmom yet. Let's talk about their direct mother. Mm -hmm. She's from Carmel, single child. Oh, goodness. So her understanding my plight, being from Braywood, over there on 30th Keystone, 25th and Rule, it it, it, it doesn't, that's the reason why I'm not with her. I'll just keep it real. We're not from the same side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. But their stepmom, she actually understands the plight of a black man, if that makes sense to you. So dealing with the kids, you know, oh, well, we're mixed. We're mixed. We're mixed. I hear that all the time. Oh, yeah, you are mixed. You're mixed. So was Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. His mama white as hell. Now, mm-hmm. talk is, you have to understand that you're going to be viewed in this world by the way you look, period. And I think that's the biggest battle, where they get the privilege of being half white mm-hmm. and having a mom from Carmel who had nothing but privilege. If you offer a kid a cookie and some broccoli, unless they ask really like broccoli, they go. <laughs> so it's a very, very hard battle. Self-esteem wise for me, to be honest about it, because I want my kids to accept their blackness and they don't want to accept it because the world has not gotten to them yet. Now, once the world gets to them, like my fear is that somebody's going to see one of my kids and just say they black and do something to them after everything that's going on right now. So my self-esteem jumps all over the place with that be with, with that question because I do not want these kids to go out here and, and hold up a stereotype of a black dude with his pants hanging down. I don't want my son doing that with gold teeth and like, you don't need to do all that, dude. Just be who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way with my daughter. My daughter's going out trying to be the white girl. You don't even look white, child. <laughs> like you're gonna screw yourself so it's, oh, it's really gosh. tricky raising biracial kids mm-hmm. in general now me being married to a white lady and me having kids by a white lady that's just has to be a self-esteem thing for them individuals you see what i'm saying like my wife she understands what's going on in the world and i love mm-hmm. her for like i'm not a victim i ain't never been arrested i ain't never been in handcuffs oh well let me take that lie back once. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have no criminal record or nothing. 
You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just work hard, do what I'm supposed to do. Like every other American is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to try to get them to understand that there is a difference between Black America and White America. And sometimes it, it makes me feel really bad when I have to tell them the stories of Black America. Like, it affects me, my self-esteem. I think yeah. I'm wrong sometimes for telling them this, but I know I'm not. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, they need to know. I mean, everybody needs to know. I mean, I, mm, it's like shielding people from information doesn't help anybody but the bad guys. So. Well, I think that the, the, the problem that a lot of parents make when it comes to their kids' self-esteem is the fact that they don't tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell them the truth. I, don't, I, I, I will not hide from my children. Daddy, do you smoke black and mild? Yep. <laughs> yep. Daddy, do you smoke weed? Sure do. You should never do it. It's not good for you, but I sure do. I'll say it right now, you know I didn't say it to them. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, when it comes down to it, I don't put them in any harm's way. I don't smoke my black mouths around them. I don't get drunk around them. I don't smoke weed around them, period. That's reasonable. I don't expose them to anything because I don't need to. The world's going to do it anyways. Is that the truth? And that's going to affect their self-esteem. So that's, like, the main or most standout point for um like at least that is coming to mind right now when it comes to raising biracial kids with a stepmom and trying to instill healthy self-esteem is the whole um the world seeing them as black that like that is that like the main um i guess uh challenge you face trying to do this i'm gonna say yes to that because eventually eventually life is going to kick in. And when life kicks in for them, somebody's going to call them a nigga because they look like niggas. Like, let's break it down like a fraction in because real talk is they need to know that shit before they get to that point. Mm -hmm. And if I pass that knowledge down, it's going to affect their self-esteem. And they're going to wonder why black people are called niggas and the word nigga is a bad thing in today's term, whether you say it to a nigga or whether you just say the word, but then again, they also have to learn the other fact that most rap music are bought by young white men. So guess how many white men are running around saying the word nigga? Mm -hmm. So it's a double-edged sword is what it is. Like, I'll give you another example. So when I got, when I got, um, when I got engaged, I asked my wife to marry me. I called my mama. I'm trying to be a good son. I was trying to invite her to the wedding. As soon as she answered the phone, She's like, oh, well, you need to get your niece. She hanging out with these honkies. Mama, you're on speakerphone. And I was calling you to tell you that I just got engaged to a honky. Good Lord. So like I told her, I said, you know what? I'm good. And that that when that happened, that's when I knew she wouldn't come to the wedding. Well, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> but that affected my self-esteem because I wanted my mother there. You see what I'm saying? I wanted her there. I wanted my dad there. I wanted my brothers and sisters there. But if that's how it starts, we're done. So I had to look into myself and say, self, hyphen what the fuck are you going to do now? And you want to know the crazy part? The crazy part is her mother and her stepfather wasn't at the wedding either because she had similar problems 
with her parents because her parent, her dad left her mom, her, her dad and her stepmom was there, but her mom and her stepdad wasn't there. Like she has helped me so much with the, the splitting up and having kids thing. You see what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, that is, that is the roughest, toughest shit to deal with right now is trying to get them to understand that it's not me that's trying to affect your self-esteem. It's me trying to help your self-esteem by trying to let you know this world is not going to treat you the way you think it is. Yeah. Like but, you're not just to win. And that's where, like, I raise an eyebrow just, you know, as a spectator. You know, I don't, I'm not a parent, much less a parent of biracial children trying to instill any type of self-esteem in anyone. But when you when you talk about how um, the main challenge you think um, that you're facing with your kids is um, getting them to understand that the world is going to see them as black. That in itself sparks questions for me because we're talking about self-esteem and how you want to um, for them to be, I guess, um, culturally aware of their black side and enjoy it, but then also teach them that I guess in a sense there's something wrong with it because look, this is how the, the world is going to see you black. You know what I mean? So like, how can you? How can how can you? And on one hand, you know, like I can see where that would be tough for parents. Like, how can you on one hand talk about, you know, yes, you're you know half black blah, 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 beautiful, black is beautiful, blah, 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 and then have to turn right around and say the world is going to see you as black and follow that information, all this negativity, like, I think that a weird dance you have to do. What I've been doing is, is trying to teach them, teach them that being black isn't bad. Hmm. See, it, it, it's, it's, this is where self-esteem really comes into play when, when you talk about biracial children. Yeah. Biracial children have to understand both sides, not just one. If, mm-hmm. if you're a white person, white person, white person, oh, they're all good. They're all good. They don't want shooting up schools. Mm-hmm. They don't want to run around killing black people because they're black. Like, I'm not hearing it. My thing is, they have to know both sides. Mm-hmm. If they're told that their white side is nothing but good, and they're told that their black side is nothing but bad, that's what the world tells them. That's not what I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. You know so when I talk to them, I let them know, if daddy can make it, you can make it. After everything we didn't talk about over the course of this, uh, of this hour, if I can make it, not be arrested, not be dead, own the house, got kids, taking care of business, got careers, been to college, you can do it. <laughs> so that's what I'm teaching. Be if you be better than me, I know your self-esteem will be good. Cause you gonna you gonna push all these bad people out the way, cause it's a lot. Ooh, yeah. So okay. that that's that's where I am on that. Like I'm, I'm I'm not gonna let them think that they white. I'm not gonna let them think that they black. I'm letting them know they both. But I'm gonna let them know there's no white good, black bad. Does that make sense? Yep. I'm I am surprised on your take on that because um, I feel the exact same way. Though it's none of my business how anybody identifies themselves or or whatever. But I feel the exact same way that um, 
that biracial people or mix whatever their mix is or, you know, however many or whatever, that they should be encouraged to identify as everything that they're, you know, mixed with, you know, like just lumping them in and saying, oh, because you're, I don't know, 65% Chinese, you're Asian. Well, what about, you know, the other 35%? Whatever. So, like, I'm surprised that you feel that way because I feel the same way. Like, you know, like... My dad is, like, 60 or 70% Indian. Like, Mm -hmm. I get that, you know, Black people come from Africa, and I get that, you know, ain't no white person running around with blonde hair and blue eyes back in the days when they painted this picture of Jesus, they still can't walk out here without SPF 30 now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You got to read mm-hmm. through the shit. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, this melanin that we have in our skin, we can stand outside all day. I now, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my skin is good with the sun. I'm here to tell you, white people call it chlorophyll. Okay. <laughs> That's for <laughs> you. That's a plants, plant deal. Which okay, look, I'm, I'm like they don't they don't teach you in school. You got to go there for twelve years. You have to go for twelve years, or truancy court and all this bullshit comes up. Mm-hmm. They teach you nothing but bullshit. It's the parents' job to give the kids good self esteem. It's the parents' job to say, do your extra homework. It's the mm-hmm. parents' job to say you are good enough. It's the parents' job to give those kids that self-esteem, to make them feel good about themselves. I didn't get that from my parents. I had to build that. So there is a difference between being arrogant, cocky, and confidant. I'm yeah. confident in myself. I am hyphenertal, and this is the only one you're going to get. <laughs> I'm going to die someday, and that's okay. But when it comes down to it, these kids is running around, Learning bullshit. Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Did they tell the rest of the story? <sighs> so, see, I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to say, do the rest of your homework. You need to go to the Dewey Decimal System. What's that, Daddy? The library. Go pull out that. <laughs> it's 0032 or th- 00, uh, 032, uh, 034. Go find that book. They didn't find <laughs> They gave them, they gave these kids the internet, which mm-hmm. fucked up their self-esteem. See, now this is where I was going next. Um, I was going to ask you, do you believe that technology, I know how you feel about technology, but I wondered if you believe that it was an like an asset to, in promoting good self-esteem or no? No, it doesn't. <laughs> It hell no doesn't. It hell no doesn't. I mean, in the sense that, like, you can can interact at your own, you know, pace, especially for those who deal with, like, social anxiety or something like that. Um, Your, uh, I guess, preferred, um, I don't know, option for self-expression, you know, right there, you know at your gadget, just, you know, just a reach away, like, no? <laughs> Damn <it>. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. My daughter had 149 followers on TikTok. She mm-hmm. don't even know 
49 people. <laughs> These fucking pedophiles and all this shit that's going on. I was raped. Remember this. We're in the mm-hmm. of life right now. This, right. Easy it is? Uh-uh. Hell no. All they're going to do is, everybody on the internet, I call them thumb thugs. Because thumb thugs can type whatever they want on that computer and not see you face to face. Yeah. So it's fucking them up. I don't believe that it's helping them at all. <laughs> okay. 149 motherfucking people on, on fucking TikTok. Uh, nigga, if you don't get out of here with that shit. <laughs> no, you already know. You know, and let's just say it. You know, if you text me, I'm going to call you. I'm not going to waste yeah. time. To, I'm going to yeah. pick up the phone and I'm going to say what I got to say. You've been knowing me since high school. <laughs> you know me. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I got to say. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But that's the reason why I have good self-esteem. Because I'm not going to bend to somebody else's will. Sure. So what do you, I mean, well, what what about the news at your fingertips portion of of technology? Like, you don't think that that's a good thing to have? Do you think that that could in some way support healthy self-esteem in people? You know it. I, I I don't I don't I don't play. I like to have fun, mm-hmm. and that's what I do best. And that's the reason why I know I'm good. That's the reason why I'm the first black man in Indiana to gain a 20 year ring in my comedy club. That's why I'm the second black man or person of color, which is what they call them now, person of color in the world to earn a 20 year ring. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Not me. And I'm not giving them kids nothing less than what I learned. And I got good self-esteem, so I figure I can give it to them. Okay. You feel? Yeah. Well, let me in. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, you feel me knocking? You said, yeah. I said, well, let me in. No. <laughs> okay. So, like, so what about? Because it's it's always changing. It seems like there's like a drastic shift in media, like every ten years or so, like something drastic. So living in the days that we're living in now, what like do you think that that media is helping to support positive self esteem, whether it's Television programs, movies, news, books, articles, comics, journals. What do you think? I've read some things. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go with a hell now again. <laughs> I'm going to go with that answer still. I think that the media and everything that's pushing things out to these kids nowadays is more negative than positive. So if, if we're talking about it in their self-esteem, then it's going to be more negative than positive. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it like I I do the 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 simple thing. I, it's called kiss. You ever heard of kiss? Not the band. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. It's keep it simple. Stupid. Yeah. Um, I just keep it simple. If you're gonna put out here more negativity than positivity, then how can you help their self esteem? Mm-hmm. It's it's just that simple to me. Like you can't help them be more positive, more more uh, in tune with themselves and stuff like that. When you ain't putting out nothing but negative negativity, it's not possible to do it. That's like me saying I can walk on water. 
we both know, yeah, I can walk on water in, in a beach. I can take a bath and stand up and it'd be water in there, but I can't walk on So you think all the um, like characters we're being presented with in modern media are bad? Okay, let's, let me name somebody who I definitely think is 100% terribly bad. <laughs> Whatever that dude is. Yeah. That dude has sold his soul. See, here's the thing that I know that a lot of people don't. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. That is real. What? Casting couch. Oh, for sure. That's real. Of course uh, it is. The, the, the manipulation of getting kids into Hollywood, pedophilia, is real. Yeah. It happened to me by my own father and my own sister. So once I left and tried to go and do that, because I had the talent, I still got the talent. But I, no, nope, nope. Every kid wants to be a rapper or singer or actor or basketball player or soccer. Like, no, dude, once you get there, you have to definitely have your self-esteem intact to say fucking no. Yeah. The one word that everybody learns, everybody, I don't give a fuck who you think about when I get done saying this. Everybody learns the word no first. Mm-hmm. They might say mama. They might say dada. They might cool, cool. But you know what they learn first? No, don't. Stop it. Mm-hmm. In your chest. You learn the word no first as a child. Exactly at what point as an adult did you lose it? Yeah. Sense? I don't know. I will tell a motherfucker no in a heartbeat. And I just told him no twice. They asked me about the internet. What's wrong with you? You know, Mr. <laughs> Hell no. If, if I don't like what you ask me, I'm going to say no. That's yeah. the one you learned as a child first was no. Stop it. Don't. Well, you probably got kicked in your fucking chest just to repeat myself. But you definitely didn't learn any other word first. Other than no. Because yes wasn't a thing that they taught you. No was the word they taught you. Okay. Build yourself. Okay. So even with like the focus on, well, I want to say focus. Um, I guess, uh, how would I even want to put that? I guess like a new, I don't know, watchful eye, I guess, for diversity in media. You don't, feel like we're in a decent place media wise for like people to have a more healthy um self-image than maybe 10 years ago Two. yeah hell no i don't think I'm this no. <laughs> hell no <laughs> and i'm gonna tell you why here's why because people are allowed to do exactly what i just said they're allowed to be thumb thugs. So if I put on if I put on social media every day, just me and my kids, which is all I do on there, so that they have memorabilia, because I don't have none of that. I ain't got no pictures. I got one picture of me as a kid. One. So I I put my kids out of, out there so they can go back and look and see what all we've done. But the negativity is getting so bad because of what I said earlier. Who the hell is gonna walk up to you? And say half the bullshit they say on that motherfucking internet. <laughs> no, no, not many. Uh-uh. A lot of people know not to walk up to you and say that bullshit. Yeah. Because you're going to handle that. 
So I think it's making it work. Like TV used to go off, like we're the last generation of this. <sighs> when TV went off. Oh, that's so true. My God, you are bringing me memories right now. <laughs> that is so true. That, that ended with us. That ended in our generation. Yeah. Over MTV. They got, how the fuck are you going to tell me they're giving kids good self esteem by having Team Mom OG on TV? <laughs> I don't fuck. Like, you know what? I'm I have. <laughs> Housewives of Atlanta, Housewives of Georgia, Housewives of Indianapolis. Nigga, I don't. If you don't get the fuck out of here. Isn't Housewife a positive thing? Hey, man, look. I didn't say Housewife was or was not a positive thing. I said that show is bullshit. <laughs> That's what I said. So don't get it twisted. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's a fictitious fucking life. Yeah. Like, or like being a basketball player or a football player. If you make it through college and you, and you even try to get into the pros, they're still a million other kids trying to get on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, self-esteem has to be about you accepting the losses, not just winning. Okay. that's a great point moving into uh, my next question. How, like you said, you had to um, build at your self-esteem. Like how, like, can you give some advice, some pointers on doing that? Because I'm sure people hear that a lot, but they're not like, how, how? You know what? I, I, I got an answer for you. Like I said, I went to psychology, so I had to figure that. Except the world is not going to be as good as you think it's going to fucking be. Except oh, this place blows. What'd you say? This place blows, let me tell you. The world. Not America. The world. Yeah. So accept that. If you can accept that first, then you're, you're doing all right for yourself. You made step one. Step two, accept the fact that you can't make another individual on this planet, child, wife, girlfriend, plaything, boo, um, whatever you call ratchet or whatever, whatever you call these, whatever you call them, you cannot force them to do nothing for you. Don't mm-hmm. set yourself up for failure. Okay. Here's what I mean when I say that. What I mean is, I never thought I'd not be with the mother of my children. I never thought that. My dad sleeps in the living room on the floor. And my mama sleeps in in the bedroom in the bed. And I told myself I would never have that lifestyle. But that lifestyle hit me once I was with the mother of my children. Do you hear me disrespecting her? No, you don't. I'm here to tell you, calling somebody baby mama, that's just disrespectful. Ugh, hate it. That's just disrespectful. It didn't work. It didn't work. I never thought that I would be a roommate in my own home. Oh, yeah. But the worst way to affect a man's, I'm I'm going to a man's, a man's self-esteem, make him feel like he ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he leaves. Unless, unless, you're like my daddy. See, my daddy didn't graduate high school. My daddy didn't graduate junior high. 
My daddy can barely read and barely write. That's the reason why he was in the industrial field, the plants and and, and stuff like that. Because all he had to do was go there and work. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if all he got to do is go there and work, he ain't got to worry about nothing. My mama would take care of the paperwork as far as the, um, the, um, the process of getting in there. And that was it. She would take care of that. And that was it. He was going to work. But what I did was, as I told you before, I took my mama's side too. And I used my brain. How the fuck did you figure out how to fix my daddy into being a hardworking Bama in Alabama on a farm to just working and doing what you told him to do, even if it, it wasn't him sleeping in the bed with you while you cheated on him? How did you pull that off? And now my dad don't even want to sleep with him. See, I don't, I don't mind telling my story. My dad mm-hmm. sleeps in the living room on the floor. He's probably in there right now. I can go over to his house right now. And he's in the living room on the floor. And my mom is in the room in the bed. It, it is, it's sickening how much TV, media, the news. Like, how do we really know how many coronaviruses are out there and all this stuff? Like, we don't, they, like, they, you don't know nothing. You better get mm-hmm. back to that's my sister. Right. You don't know nothing. This is a confusing fucking world. And yeah. it's going to stay that way. And it's going to get worse. So to answer your question, fuck the media. That's the reason why I'm on there. I don't need any more. I had the newspaper. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The funnest part is the, new pa- the newspaper to me was the crossword puzzles and shit like that. Yeah. I like the comics too. Yeah, the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comics. That was number one. Then the crossword puzzles and stuff, they challenged me so i had, had yeah to like those too yeah 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 yeah. crypto quotes and stuff <laughs> but this internet is not going to provide my children with anything positive to help them george floyd was overly televised in a negative way it should have been televised but not in a negative way you see what I'm saying? I mean, it was police brutality. How can you not televise that in a negative way? Well, I mean, that's been, that's, look, if you want to go there, let's go back to how police brutality started. And let's talk about the slave patrol. When Lincoln freed the slaves, then all of a sudden, all these white people got these badges that said they were the slave patrol. That's how this started. My thing is, when I say negative, is that they should not have had five cops right there. You charge one and the other four are still going through court sessions right now. They watched him kill him. Mm-hmm. Period. So when I look at stuff, I kiss it. Mm, I love you. I keep it simple. Stupid. Because I'm stupid. I see, I see what you're doing. This is not a game of checkers. It's a game of chess. And in order to build up your self-esteem in this game, You can't be a pawn. You can be a rook, a bishop, a knight, a king, a queen, but you cannot be a pawn. Okay. So good way of building healthy self-esteem is, I forgot what you said. You said. Accepting the bad in the world is the way to build good self. Yeah. You have to accept that this world is fucked up. Mm -hmm. That is the key. That is, that is my, that's how I did it. I can't say it works for everybody. 
I think you're on to something there, though. I do, because I think once people do have, like, a true grip on the fact that this place is fucked up, and so is everyone in it, especially the people you look up to and that make you feel so small, understand that they're fucked up, too, you know? So I think... I think you you might be on to something there. That probably is a, a really good starting point. The you know, just a frame of reference. Like, look, we're all fucked up. None, none, none of us know what the fuck we're doing here. There is no book on life. There's a book on Jesus, and people then that augmented that too. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's no book on life. There is no book on life at all. And really, when it breaks down like that. You got to understand that. Like, yeah, you can get shot in a motherfucking movie theater. Yeah, you can get shot in a motherfucking gas station. Yeah, I could be working on the car, lifts up, and the motherfucking lift breaks. I'm going to die. It's that fear right there. If you want to break it all the way down, it's that. Mm-hmm. My self-esteem is this. I love Jesus. Okay. Daddy God. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to do what I do because after the history that I've learned there's a difference between Jesus built and what man built mm-hmm. and once you figure out what man built TV money it says in God we trust on it don't it mm-hmm. but Jesus didn't make that vaccines all this shit going on right now oh it'll affect any any everybody's self that's true you won't be at home with your wife the fuck is wrong with you? This world is meant to fuck you up. It ain't meant I, to. I definitely agree with you there. It is Most not make it. So everybody's self-esteem is going to be fucked with <laughs> ever. And the internet makes it worse. TV being on 24 hours a day makes it worse. Your kids going outside out of nowhere makes it worse. <laughs> Parents not teaching the kids what they know to keep them safe makes it worse. There's nothing that I can say that is going to say to you that I know how for everybody else, not me, to give their kids good mm-hmm. We're just throwing some things out there, you know, throwing some ideas around. Hey, I don't mind it, and I'm quite sure you don't either, but real talk is this. This world ain't getting better. Yeah. Worse. If, if, if you Jesus built you already know he's going to come back and he might look real good. <laughs> but he could come back and look like the devil. Man is running this. This ain't Jesus no more. What we learned about Jesus and to have good self-esteem isn't being taught anymore. It's being forced. Do you see what I'm saying? Eh, somewhat. Some, some families, they'll force their kids to go to church and then they run from Jesus. Some oh, families, yeah. They don't take they they don't take their kids to church, and then they find Jesus. Yeah, it's being forced. Okay. Pray with my kids every night. I get on my knees and I pray with them and I hold their hands and I pray with them because I don't know if I got tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good moments with the children. My dad was a abusive drunk drug addict. Now he's a minister. He changed. Yeah. He actually changed. I called him running fake ass for like three or four years while while we were in high school. <laughs> but he changed. And he showed me how to change. And that built my self-esteem. 
Now I said, I'm going to give the credit to my daddy and my mama. Okay. Showed me I could work hard, change, and be the person I wanted to be. My mama showed me how to use my brain and how to use my mouthpiece. Okay. That's how I got my self-esteem. Okay. It was negative, but it worked. Okay, nobody take it. It works. Whatever gets you through this thing, man. <laughs> Whatever works for you. You seem to have turned out okay to me. I just try to do me, and hopefully it, it works. <laughs> well, that's all I had on this topic. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about? Um, only one thing. Um, when people listen to this episode, people listen. It's about you. You have to believe in you. If you don't believe in you, and you're worried about somebody else saying they believe in you, you should probably stop that shit. You got to believe in you. You got to take care of you. Don't put yourself in a position to lose to somebody else, regardless of whether it's a daughter, a son, a mother, a father, a wife. You have to do you. You only get one run at this. So do it. And believe in yourself when you do it. That's it. That's all I got. I'm with you there. I like it. Well, thank you so much, Super Booker T hyphen Erdo for dropping by. Hyphen Erdo. I appreciate you having me on the show and hopefully people learn something from the show. And uh, if you ever want me back on the show, I'll be here. All right, bet. And remind them where to find your podcast, what it's called, all that good stuff. Okay. You can go to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or you can just go to uh 2020 uh, 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 2020.com. You can go there. You can find it. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on anything you listen to any of your uh, podcasts on. I, 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 I keep it real every time. And um, thank you again, Tina, for having me on the show. Right on. Thank you for dropping by once again. And we hope you all enjoyed this week's show. Be sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast 10. Oh, 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 oh! Next week on 10. What it means to be a blurred is going to vary from person to, to person, but a common thread amongst blurreds is taking a very deep interest in books, comics, manga, anime, TV shows, movies, cosplay, gaming, etc. And I don't mean just, you know, interest in that you're keeping up with it while the seasons are going. It's, it's you're following it along, but there are varying degrees. You don't have to be obsessed with one particular thing or this specific genre to be a blurred. You know, some people dabble in varying parts of different segments and they consider themselves a blurred. If you consider yourself a blurred, hey, to me, that's what you are. Okay. Now, there are people who like to do a bit of gatekeeping. Yeah. And they're like, hey, if you don't watch this, and if you haven't been a part of it for this long, and if you don't know, if you don't watch the sub versus the dub, and, and it's like, go to hell.